0: The legendary Gavin Sowell, com. Here we are on the air. (laughs) Not on the air, but I'm talking to Gavin Sowell, who was a big influence in Crane baseball. And we want to talk about that. But first of all, Gavin, where do you live now? What do you do now? Uh, I'm
1: retired from uh, commercial concrete. I pastor a small church in Crane, and I still live in the Crane area.
0: Okay, What, what church is it?
1: Faith Chapel.
0: Okay, wonderful. That's, that's been there for years. Yeah, uh, I think it was established in 1975. Sure was. And that was a kind of a big division in Crane history. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And so, you know, I had Mark Rose on here. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny because uh, my interest in the 1982 baseball team was just because that was a good team that we had the stats for. And so Brian Harman and Russ Moreland and Coach Hartman and I played those baseball teams on the early computer video game and it was the eighty-four versus eighty two versus eighty-eight. And what I'll have to say is eighty two was a good team. And tell me about that.
1: Well there was a lot of good ball players on it. Yeah. That's what I was second uh, coming down here. You had Clive Stockstall. Right. Mark Revis. Doug right. Johnson, me, Scott Williams, right. and then Tom Wiley. fuck <laughs> as a dog. We have Wes Maples, Ted Fugit, Right. And uh, Kevin, or no, Kevin McLean graduated the year before. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, and Jim Carmichael. Right. And Dan, or, uh, and Dan Gardner. Don
0: Gardner. So Don, Don Gardner. Gardner yeah. Really? Good. Yeah. Yes, he was an RBI machine. Yeah. <laughs> and so, tell me what was that team like? What was it, Tell me about the
1: team. Well, they just really just a bunch of really old farm boys, you know. Clive grew up on a farm. Right. And, and then I've worked on farms and and that's with just old farm kids, you know, and, and we'd played ball together since we was little, you know. And yeah. But uh, we all got along good and, and everything and but there was just a whole lot of talent and it was just more or less raw talent because it wasn't like now where you specialize, <laughs> yes. and all that stuff. <laughs> we would whole hay in the summertime, then go play ball. Right? You know?
0: But, you know, at Crane, you played the fall and spring. Yes. And that was an advantage to Yes. There? Yeah. And tell me about that year. What was the big things going on that year? Well, 82, I, you know. That I, was your senior year. Yeah,
1: that was my senior uh-huh. year. Oh, I, I don't really... That's been so far long or back, Dale, I don't really <laughs> not really remember. We had good you know, fairly good basketball team, just good athletics in right. both sports.
0: Uh-huh. And um tell me specifically about your you've had some long home runs, so tell me about hitting the school in Galena.
1: Well it just lucky hit <laughs>
0: no, that is not a lucky hit. there's no way to claim that it's lucky at all well, that was about well, how far was that away that had to be a... do not i
1: i don't I don't have any idea. of course nowadays, if you told about a hit in the school, it'd just be a foul ball now exactly,
0: <laughs> but back then, we all know what a feat of nature that was, and mm-hmm. so tell me about you know at least tell me about that because that's kind of a big home run
1: well uh it was i. Uh, it was against Dale Bowling, right. and Dale yes. Bowling. I mean, when he
0: played SMS.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I played against him in college too. Right. But he uh, he was like Mark Revis. You knew whenever he was pitching, he was going to be in the strike zone. Okay. And he had a curveball that would he'd start out at your head, and a lot of people would bail out. Well, <laughs> I played Legion ball with him enough, and, right. and caught him enough that I knew what he, he was going to be in the strike zone. Right. Then. And I fouled one off, and then the next one he threw, and I just connected on it and <laughs>
0: hit it. <laughs> well, I'm going to talk to Marty Bowling on Monday, yeah. brothers so. Yeah,
1: Marty was, he's quite a bit younger than me.
0: I didn't yeah. play any against him, but right. I played against Dale. And um, so, I mean, what would you figure out as far as feet goes? That's probably 450? Yeah, probably. Something like that's a long yeah. way. Definitely. Yeah. But. Now, of course... The season ended with the hands of Plato. And so yeah. Tell me about Play-Doh. Well,
1: we we played Plato and it, they uh, and we played them at Blue Eye, right? And it was to go to the state tournament. Yeah. And they go you know the final four. Right? Yeah. 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 And uh, it just I think they just beat us by one run. Right. Exactly. And it, it just kind of a little fluke of nature, just an error, you know that. <laughs>
0: Well, and there was some about that picture. The steam shred, he was a curveballer instead of a yeah, yeah, baller. yeah.
1: He, he that's what, but uh, I now that you said that he he threw a lot of off speed, you know, right. and, mm-hmm. and 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 I guess it took us a while. We we finally hit him. Some of us hit him, but he just tried to get your timing, you know, right. because we were used to hitting. Well, we had played against Kevin Pushnok and beat him, right. You know, yes. and he and he signed with the, the, the Reds and he was a right. fastball pitcher. Yes. You know, so we went from fastball to, to off speed, it's kinda of like the Cardinals last year. <laughs> they <got us> <laughs> That's exactly. it kind
0: of one of those deals, once you get up to fastball, then yeah. it's hard to hit something else. Yeah. And so what are your memories about baseball at Crane in general?
1: Well I, my memories are probably different than a lot of people's. I remember we had practice and I don't know if you know Freddie Huff or not. Oh yeah. He, Freddie yeah. Huff was
0: still in the yeah, town oh, When yeah. I was well, he'd
1: come down and watch his practice. Oh and, yeah. You know, and then and but what I remember a lot uh w we'd sit and talk to him and he'd talk, tell stories about the old timers. Oh yeah, he you was. Know. Yeah, he, and then yeah, I guess, stories, I guess it'd be your cousin Glenn. Yes, my, my a, Uncle, 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 great uncle, great uncle. uncle. Yes. Yeah, they talked about how good a pitcher he was. Yes, left Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, but you know Freddie Huff and and uh, oh uh, oh like Burhead Smith and yes. you know some of those <laughs> some of those guys. They always there and, were
0: there were teams yeah. that were just talked about all like, the time, like Buck
1: yeah. Ellis and yes. you know and I remember those guys and what well, and then then uh, Danny Baker right oh yeah you know there there was always good baseball around Crane I remember him talking right. about the negro league used to come down yeah, and play exactly you know and stuff so Crane's always had good baseball
0: right no doubt about it yeah. and yeah. so tell me about your preaching tell me about that
1: well uh I've been preaching I guess about 11 years Wow. And it may it may even be 12. And, uh well, I like to say the Lord works in mysterious ways. <laughs> yeah, I could not hear the story. I hear yeah. Well, I, you know, I just Of course I went I've been going to that church since it was established right? right. And uh I just just always had a draw there and uh I never felt like I was called to be a pastor and they they had a pastor that retired. Okay. And they asked Who me What was that? Well, his name was Dick Broy. Okay. And, and oh yeah. Okay, you remember the Broy Dick? Family. Yeah. 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 And then my aunt Pauline. Okay. She filled in, and she she uh, didn't feel like she was supposed to be a pastor. And they asked me if I would fill in. I said, sure. Yeah, I'll tell you, find a pastor. And I said, You know, we started praying about it. and... And uh I said, Are you all still praying? Uh, this is about six months and they said, No, we feel like <laughs> feel like we found our pastor, so
0: <laughs> So they just kinda yeah. turned it on you. Dude.
1: Yeah, yeah, they kinda kinda uh just I guess they decided I was gonna be their pastor, but like <laughs> I say, it's it's amazing what the Lord will do if you'll just if you'll just slow down and let him do well, it. Well tell
0: you know? me about that. That's the reason I had the strokes, that's why I'm here to yeah. this.
1: You know, uh well, it's just like I I mean anybody that knew me knew that how honored I was growing up, <laughs> yes. you know. But I never did anything really mean it's just honoring us, you know. And, sure. But it just I always knew that that there was something more to what what I was doing than than what I was doing, you know. And uh-huh. and uh I first started they, they uh put asked me if I'd do the music okay. at the church. Not because I was so good musically, right. but because I knew that I would be be there every You'd time. do it. Yes, yes. and I would uh, be diligent to do my best. Right. And then, uh, you know, I that's why I tell people the Lord's got a sense of humor because he got he got me in there <laughs> yes. and got me to you know because I'd have to. They wouldn't even give me songs to right. play. I would have to pray about it and see. Well, Lord, how do you want to go this way? Yeah. <laughs> and and that, so, you know. And then uh, as I do that, the, I just kept maturing, you know. in the Lord right. and uh, it just um, just kept blossoming and blossoming. And the more the more time it required me to spend whenever they asked me to fill in, I was still working commercial concrete and running right. concrete companies. Well. You know, I I, I I was required to spend more time in the Word to, to prepare myself. And, oh yeah. And then as I do that, then I then I grew and grew and grew. You know, it's just like talking about hitting a baseball. I like, I didn't start out hitting good baseball. Sure. My mom pitched it to me when I was a little kid. Yes.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And you know that's why as Christians, whenever we start, it may not may not seem like a lot, but when we start reading the Word and we keep reading it, then. It, we mature in life, you more know, and more and more. And, more. Every and, time and, and it's just like when you, when you grow, you know, in anything in life, whether it be an athlete, athletics or whatever, you, you don't, you're not satisfied in the spot you're in. Right. And exactly. you're always, yeah. And that's why God created us. He created right. us to go from glory to glory, you know, and, and right. to, to always strive for, for something better. And, you know, right. and, and that's why I tell people about, you know, people talk about how hard it is to lose i said well god didn't create us to lose exactly. he created us to win yes, you exactly. know exactly yeah we're to be more than conquerors right so, and you know and that's that's uh, really the uh, thing that hit you know is the more time i spent on it or spent in the word the more i am matured but you know i had a lot of people that that uh Really played a big role in my good life.
0: Bible
1: quarters, well, sure. well, but I mean, just good people right. like uh, Edwin Dean. Oh yeah. I mean, he, you oh, know, totally. I've known him all my life. Oh my gosh. You know, and he even had an impact on your family because yeah. Jerry went to the uh, Rangers because of exactly. Edwin Exactly. Dean. Yeah. You know, and, and like Ralph Junior Hilton or Pros and you know, right. even <laughs> uh, you know people you, you that you put in contact with in life, you don't think that. Think that much about it when you're going through it, but when you look back, you think, "Well, they really impacted my life." Right. You know, and exactly. like Al, Coach Al Hauser, yeah. I've known him all my life. You know, and and uh, and this this area is really a good area. You know, it's just, I mean, what I like about the area is, you know, how how the churches get along, right? You yes. know, and stuff like that like, doesn't happen everywhere. No, it's just like <laughs> like whenever. You're all church burnt. Right. We allowed yes. you to use exactly. our church. Exactly, I know. You know, and then like the Baptist church, whenever Faith Chapel started, a lot of them split from the Baptist church. And the
0: Presbyterian yes. church. Too. Right. Yes, right.
1: But, you know, now I go down on Wednesdays to the Baptist church and tell Bible stories to the kids after school. So <laughs> I, it is, it's so neat how God's, you know, pulled us all together. Yes. Yeah. Now,
0: tell me about your wife, Terry.
1: Well, she grew up in that, this area. Right. She was she was a Revis, right. Jim Revis was her dad, exactly. which would have been Mark Revis's right. cousin, you know. <laughs> yes. uh, but and she's just been in the area all of her life. Uh, let's see, she worked after she got out of high school. She worked at the casket factory right. until it closed. I know when that happened. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, and uh, but and she's been a stay at home mom, you know. And, right.
0: And uh, what about your kids? Tell me okay, that I've way. got.
1: I've got five kids. Right. I've, my oldest daughter, Emily, lives in Sarasota, Florida, Florida. Her husband was in the military, but he got out, and now he's working as an independent contractor. He's in Afghanistan. Oh, oh wow. So he's working as an independent contractor in Afghanistan. Uh, Lauren and her husband, she married a guy from Crane. Okay. And his Chris Tucker. Right. And Chris has his uh, own company. Uh And Lauren and Chris help us in the church. And they've got two little boys, which would be our grandkids. And uh, then uh, Morgan, she lives in uh, Dallas, Texas. Wow. She's got a little boy named Silas and expecting a little girl. And her husband is Australian. Really? And, And he spent 11 years... In the
0: Australian military, I will not do an Australian accent if yeah. I want to. <laughs>
1: but uh, and then, then Jake and Sam uh, are twins. Right. Jake's six minutes older than Sam, and that they, they were had a good athletic team. Right, you know. I exactly. think yeah. I, I think that Clay Stump, which right. I think Clay and Jake and Sam, in one year they won a district championship, a sectional championship. In baseball and basketball. Right. And I think they're the only three in, in the history of Crane. That's that really awesome. Yeah, but that, you know, but Crane has always had talented athletes. Definitely, yeah. I mean, you, you even I talked to Harmon the other day, and he talked about how good a baseball team he's got.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I, I want to see that. We need to get back on the court and, yeah. and on the field and do that. Yeah. With all this pandemic stuff. Yeah, but...
1: But, yeah, all of my kids play. I mean, Jake and Sam. Of course, Sam got married here a couple of weeks ago. But uh, they're still in, involved in church and help us in church. But, mm-hmm. Right. But, yeah, we've got a big family, and
0: and we've been blessed. Doing good things, it yeah. sounds like. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming oh, and you're talking You're welcome, me. I Dale. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. DaleWileyShow.com My Uncle Jerry talking about his good friend Charlie Rapp on the way to his visitation. DaleWileyShow.com
2: First thing I would say, he along with Jack Fugit are the two most honest people I've ever known. Wow, that's... Yeah. Cool. And Fugit is still here. Jack's still here. And, uh... And so I remember Charlie always quiet. He was a year behind me, right. and he was a year ahead of your dad when when they started. Your right. dad jumped, you know, from the seventh to right. ninth grade and, <laughs> yes. and joined with him and graduated the same year. But uh, Charlie was a quiet guy. He lived out in the country uh, on the farm. He never participated in any of the sports that I know of and of course we were always a part of whatever the sport was sure. baseball, softball uh, even track and, right. and basketball of course At Hurley, no, no football right. <laughs> but Charlie was out there and he wasn't the only one these guys that lived out 8 or 9 miles out in the country and he was uh, they didn't have a way to get home after, right. If you wanted practice, you know, right. after school. And that was probably the, the first, probably the main reason he just never got involved. Besides that, uh, you know, the family's farm was their income, right. I think. I don't remember his dad yeah. or his mom ever working anywhere. They might have, but I, I didn't know. That. And that was their income, so Charlie was helping with the farm. Well, Tell some. me about the cashiers. Well, it evolved kind of slowly. Okay. What uh, the last days of school at Hurley, the last days of the school year, often, if everyone had taken the test and grades were pretty well established by kid, kids, if they were un- under control could do just about anything you wanted to do the last two or three days, okay. you remember that? Sure. Yeah. We could do just about anything, well, within the school, within the right. limits, and the first time that I remember Charlie playing the guitar was, I think it was my junior year, that would've been, before, 50, sophomore year, that would've been 1956. 1956, uh, because Heartbreak Hotel, it hit it really big. Right, yes. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I got the, the year, the year was right, 56, I yeah. you know. And I think that was the time that uh, I had the guitar, and I just started learning the chords. Right. And I brought them to school, and we got in one of the little rooms. Several of the kids there, and uh, I think Charlie borrowed the guitar and started playing some of the Johnny Cash, the early, early Johnny Cash stuff. Right. And uh, of course, we liked it yeah. a whole lot. And from there, it it took a while. We we talk about it. Charlie had gotten a, he had another had a guitar with. Uh, non-electric, uh, just uh, a Sears, silver tone I think, okay. F-Hole guitar. Right. And sooner or later, maybe it was the next day, maybe there were a couple of days in My, my memory isn't exactly clear that Charlie might have, I think that's what happened, that Charlie brought the guitar, his guitar in, right. and I had mine. And what we would do... I could do real basic chords. Charlie was already, he already knew knew chords and could play them, and everything was by ear for them. And the kids were singing the latest songs, whether it was Elvis and Chuck Berry, Bill Haley, some of the other, look at the, I have to look at the top 40, top 50 hits about that time because that's what the kids, most of them knew the words. They'd, they'd be singing. And Charlie and I were backing them up. And then Charlie and I kind of, we just got interested in getting together sometime. Right. Now, I can't remember. It, it had to be within a few months, maybe a couple, a couple of three months. I, I'm not real sure about that. When. Bob, Bob was—he knew all the Johnny Cash songs. I did, and I don't know when Jimmy Lee had learned to play the guitar. Yeah. And so Jimmy—I don't know if he joined. I don't remember him joining in those times. No, he, 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 he was playing, but he liked more uh, uh, religious songs. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy—he—he, he, you know, he was going to studied studying to be a minister, right. and he ended up. He he really he he stayed with us a while as we played some of the old country songs. But he thought after a while he had decided that some of those some of the lyrics probably weren't <laughs> proper for especially a conservative Baptist minister. Right, and uh, so he opted out. But. The first time we ever played, Jim, Jimmy was still there. It, it, and Charlie, we got together. I'm sure they were all Johnny Cash songs. And we performed in between acts of the junior or senior play. Now, okay. That's something that I'm, I can't pin that down. Whether it was the junior play, every year, the juniors presented a play And the seniors presented a play, a three-act play, and we performed in between the acts. And that first time we performed, we just had that microphone. Right. Public address system was awful. You might as well not have had one in that old Hurley gym. Right. (laughs) And uh, but we we played, and Charlie, when it was time to play the instrumentally he would just get up close to the mic and and do his thing with the the Johnny Cash, like in Prison, right? Right. I walked the line. He he just got up real close. That's the way we did it the first time. Somewhere along the line, Charlie decided he got a a pickup that attached to his guitar. Uh And then we went, I think, We went together, and he might have had an amplifier already, or got one, but later we went together, and that's the one you see in the the picture that has, he he actually painted Cashier's on on that, (laughs) Uh, and then the second performance, that first one must have been for the junior or senior play in 57 and 58. We did the same same thing. We we performed between acts of one of the plays, junior or senior play, and we had a few more songs by that time. And we had Charlie had the an electric guitar, you know, <laughs> supposedly. And, uh, and now, as a side, your dad was the star of the show right <laughs> he he hadn't learned to play yet, he wasn't playing yet uh-huh. but uh I think he'd already i think he'd already written that Johnny's not here where'd he go yeah. <laughs> and we did that, and the Hurley girl hurly girls are screaming. <laughs>
0: DaleWileyShow.com <laughs> okay
3: I had just started uh my solo career and there was a big article in the newspaper, and Johnny called me. And ABC said, uh, uh, we want you to come on, uh, play, do a show for us at Printer's Alley. So I did. Then next day, they offered me to be a regular, a seven shows on the premiere with Bob Dylan and him. I right. said, well, I'm going to start a new career. Why not? If I if I can't stand with the big boys and girls, I shouldn't be trying that's
0: the biggest the boys and the biggest girls, no
3: doubt about it. That was oh, and I stood, I stood my ground. You know what I mean?
0: Definitely.
3: It was the best decision I ever made in my career. <laughs> yes. Uh, the me like. Oh, what a sweetheart! She wrote on for me about me. <laughs> she was <laughs> adorable. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and I was just. I guess they knew who I was through Rusty and Doug, but this was my first thing with the velvet suits and all that right. stuff. Yeah. Did you know Dylan before that, or was that when you first No, met him? I'd never met Dylan before, no. Okay. I knew Cash since 1955. We'd been French, you know, and Rusty right. and Doug had toured with him. But I didn't yeah. know Dylan.
2: <laughs> From the what
3: was he like? Oh, he was great. He's so shy. Him and I just played. As a matter of fact, he, he, he went to the hotel. He asked me, he said, sure. and he said, I don't know. He said, you guys are dressed up a lot. And he was just in his jeans and stuff. I said, well, what's wrong with that? He said, well, he said, you got in his velvet. We went to my hotel room. He tried every damn velvet. Pretty soon I said, Bob, <laughs> I don't, I've never met you to, just till this week, but why don't you just go on as Bob dot com